The sun was low on the horizon when physics professor Auguste Miesen stepped outside his office in November 2002. He smiled as he felt the chilly Belgian air brush past him. The sky was clear. The afternoon was perfect. He strolled through the University of Louvain's campus until he found a vantage point. It was an ideal spot to watch the sunset, but that wasn't exactly what the professor had in mind. For months, Miesen had been obsessed with the miracle of the sun, a spectacular event witnessed by nearly 70,000 people. On October 13, 1917, a massive crowd in the village of Fatima, Portugal, had watched the sun dance across the sky. Today, Miesen wanted to see it too. He took a deep breath and steeled himself for what was coming next. After a moment of hesitation, he opened his eyes wide and looked directly into the sun. He knew he was risking eye damage, but he had to be sure of what happened that day 85 years earlier. As he stared into the sun, he was astonished. The crowd was right. It was a miracle. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our second episode on the Miracle of the Sun. On October 13, 1917, three shepherd children led thousands of devout Catholics to the Cova da Iria field in Fatima, Portugal. After hours of waiting in the rain, the clouds suddenly parted and the sun appeared to dance across the sky. Many in the crowd believed they'd witnessed an act of God. Last time, we discussed the angelic visions that appeared to the children in the weeks leading up to the event. After speaking to a heavenly being the young shepherds called Our Lady, the kids promised the town a miracle that would end World War I. This time, we'll cover what happened to the children on October 13th and the aftermath. We'll also discuss the possible extraterrestrial, psychological, and divine factors that could have caused the miracle of the sun. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. 
find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. October 13th, 1917 didn't seem miraculous at first. Dark clouds filled the sky above the tiny village of Fatima, Portugal. Rain fell in sheets, soaking the ground and drenching anyone who forgot to bring their umbrella. Under normal circumstances, no reasonable person would have agreed to wait in an open meadow in a thunderstorm, packed shoulder to shoulder with strangers. But these circumstances were anything but normal. They were divine. The crowd anticipated a miracle as prophesied by the three shepherd children who stood in the middle of the crowd. Faithful Catholics, curious villagers, and skeptical reporters struggled to get a good view, though none were totally sure what they were looking for. They only knew it was supposed to happen when the sun reached its highest point in the sky. It was to be something that could end the Great War, something that could renew their faith in God. If nothing else, they could at least say they were there to see something amazing. When the clock struck one, all eyes turned to the three kids who started it all. Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, the children who talked to the angels. The minutes passed and nothing happened. After half an hour, even the most faithful among the crowd started to waver. Then, around 2 p.m., the three children cried out and asked the people to crane their necks toward the sky. The rain stopped and the clouds vanished. The sun shone a brilliant white light, but for some reason, the spectators could stare directly at it without blinking. As thousands watched, the sun darted across the sky, zigzagging in a kind of hypnotic dance. And then it started to drop. The crowd gasped and screamed. The giant ball of fire picked up speed, plummeting toward the earth like a missile. Many were certain they were witnessing the end of the world. Judgment Day had come. But at the last second, the star stopped falling. Spectators cheered as it made its way back to its natural position in the sky. When it was all over, most were left speechless. The shepherd children had called them to witness God's power, and they'd seen the sun ripped from the heavens. It seemed to be a miracle, because if it wasn't, nobody knew what else to call it. It didn't take long for news of the supposed miracle of the sun to reach the Vatican. The experts at the Catholic Church weren't so sure the event had been a genuine miracle. They couldn't afford to take every crazy story they heard at face value, no matter how many witnesses there were. They had to be methodical. In November, the church opened a formal investigation to determine what had happened in Fatima on October 13th. The church interviewed countless witnesses who claimed to have stood in the Cova de Iria field that day. Not everyone agreed on the details. Some said they saw colorful lights streaking across the sky. Others mentioned a gray disk taking the place of the sun. Many described the sun dancing and falling toward the earth. Though there was no clear consensus on how the phenomenon appeared, there was an overwhelming number of witnesses who insisted something had happened. 
And there were a staggering number of different accounts, from respected journalists to dedicated Catholics. The testimony was too much for the church to ignore. The Bishop de Silva of Fatima declared the miracle of the sun as, quote, worthy of belief. From that point on, it was officially recognized as an act of God by the Catholic Church. The news filled the young shepherd children with joy. Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta had been personally touched by the Lord. In the months that followed, pilgrims traveled near and far to beg the kids for prayers, advice, and more miracles. Unfortunately, not all of the shepherd kids had time to adjust to the attention. The year after the event, in 1918, the Spanish flu epidemic hit Portugal. Tragically, toward the end of October, Francisco fell ill. His health declined, and he passed away on April 4, 1919, at only 10 years old. By that point, little Jacinta was also sick with the flu. She died on February 20, 1920, just shy of her 10th birthday. Lucia was the only one of the blessed children left in Fatima. In 1921, at just 14 years old, she moved to the town of Porto. Soon after, she joined a convent to become a nun. Sister Lucia lived a long life and visited the Cova de Iria field several times until her death in 2005. Meanwhile, the Catholic Church stood by its verdict on the miracle of the sun. In 2008, Pope Benedict XVI even began the process of beatification for Lucia. It's one of the highest honors the Church can convey. Any Catholic can pray directly to someone who has been beatified. And that's not the only recognition Lucia received after her death. In February of 2017, she was given the title Servant of God by the Vatican. It brought her one step closer to being recognized as an official saint. It's been over 100 years since the miracle of the sun at Fatima, and it's clear the Catholic Church still recognizes the event as a miracle. But there are plenty of skeptics that disagree. Auguste Meissen, a physics professor at the Catholic University of Levant, spent years researching the miracle of the sun and similar phenomena. After investigating dozens of potential explanations, he discovered that, in general, each possibility could be sorted into one of three broad categories, supernatural, extraterrestrial, and natural. If a divine miracle really happened in Fatima, it would fall under the supernatural category. There's plenty of evidence from eyewitnesses that believed what they saw in Fatima was supernatural. But what happened on October 13, 1917, wasn't an isolated event. There have been reports of at least 12 other similar solar phenomena all over the globe between the years 1901 and 1983. In each case, witnesses saw similar visuals in the sky. Colorful streaks of light, a gray disk in the sky, a zigzagging ball of light, and the sun falling directly toward the Earth. Considering the similarities between eyewitness accounts for these other so-called sun miracles and the story of Fatima, it's worth exploring these alternative possibilities. 
There is a small community of people who believe the miracle of the sun is evidence of extraterrestrial activity. As we mentioned earlier, there were witnesses who reported they saw a spinning gray disk in the sky that day in Fatima. If it wasn't a trick of the eyes, the disk must have been massive to blot out the sun. With the technology of the time, it seems impossible that anything man-made could have been responsible. Some Miracle of the Sun researchers on Reddit have speculated that the disk was actually a UFO. One user suggested that it wasn't just a UFO sighting, but a wormhole event. They believed the disk was actually a portal through space-time, possibly granting extraterrestrial beings the ability to enter our planet's atmosphere. They might have even used it to invade the Earth. Though the explanation is unlikely, Professor Meeson stated that those who believe in an extraterrestrial origin aren't completely off-base. After all, the event seemed to defy physics. When delving into such an unusual phenomenon, it's only natural to jump to extraordinary explanations. Humans have a habit of ascribing intent to random events or coincidences. In this case, however, there isn't any actual physical evidence to support the extraterrestrial theory. It wouldn't have been easy to hide an alien invasion. There aren't any known connections between the alleged miracle at Fatima and any other potentially extraterrestrial mysteries or UFO sightings. Then again, if such beings had the ability to create wormholes, who knows what they might be capable of doing? Or covering up? Even so, there's not much investigation left to be done for this theory. And it's possible something far more mundane was responsible for the miracle of the sun. The human mind itself might hold the key to unraveling the mystery. Coming up, we dive into the eerie psychological phenomenon that may have caused the miracle at Fatima. Every so often, something so impactful happens, it has the power to capture the attention of a whole country. An event so deadly or dumbfounding, it has no choice but to live on in infamy. Hi, Parcasters. It's Ashley Flowers, and I'm exposing the most sinister cases from the darkest corners of the globe in my new True Crime Limited series, International Infamy. Every Tuesday, come along as I guide you on a wicked world tour. 15 different countries, 15 infamous crimes. Take a trip to Iceland where six people confessed to a murder that never actually happened. Journey to Mexico where a Lucha Libre wrestler moonlights as a serial killer. And travel to New Zealand where two friends hatch a deadly plan to become famous. Each episode of International Infamy explores the twists and turns of a notoriously high-profile case, zeroing in on the cultural details which make the crime unique to its location, and explaining why it couldn't have happened anywhere else. Follow my new Spotify original from ParCast, International Infamy with Ashley Flowers, and catch a new episode every week. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the story. The Catholic Church determined the miracle of the sun in Fatima, Portugal, to be an act of God. 
But ever since the event in 1917, skeptics posed alternative explanations, ranging from extraterrestrial invasion to simple human error. No matter the theory, it's impossible to ignore the number of witnesses present on the day of the miracle. Approximately 70,000 people were in the field, and huge swaths insisted that something strange happened that day. The accounts vary in their specifics, but nearly all of them reported unusual activity in the sky. For the most part, these stories have remained the same over time. The people who were there on October 13th continued to believe they bore witness to a miracle for decades afterward. But Professor Auguste Meeson commented that while many people believed the miracle was representative of the power of God, the human mind was also capable of incredible power. The human mind is more malleable than some might like to believe. There are several possible psychological explanations for the events that occurred in Fatima. The first relies on the power of suggestion. If stories or half-truths are simply suggested with enough confidence, people often believe them to be true. Psychological research has shown that specific and direct suggestions have a real impact on the way humans behave. The Association for Psychological Science has provided a helpful example to explain the phenomenon. If someone feels anxious at a party, for instance, they might find that having a glass of wine helps loosen them up. But it isn't necessarily the chemical influence of alcohol that causes them to relax. Research has shown that the mere suggestion that wine will be present at the party can help people feel more comfortable, whether they actually drink it or not. The placebo effect is another common example of the power of suggestion. At the University of Washington, researchers offered a group of willing participants a pill that they promised would make them more intelligent. In reality, each person was just given a sugar pill. There was no way the sugar could have made a meaningful impact on their cognition. But the people still reported feeling more alert and attentive in their personal lives after swallowing them. They even performed measurably better on tests taken during the study. It was all due to the power of suggestion. If you're promised something will happen, you're much more likely to believe it will occur. Your mind does all it can to make your expectations a reality. Suggestion doesn't just change our perception of certain events. It can also radically alter our behavior. For example, another psychological phenomenon called the Hawthorne Effect describes how suggestions can affect our work ethic. Generally, if you're working by yourself, you move at your own pace. You might take an extra long lunch break, or you might put off today's work for tomorrow and finish the day earlier than usual. But if you're being watched by your boss or fellow co-workers, you're likely to work harder. You might completely alter your normal behavior when you believe other people are looking over your shoulder. Without even realizing it, we sometimes become entirely different versions of ourselves. With that in mind, it becomes a little easier to explain the miracle of the sun. It's possible that the 70,000 people in the field fell prey to their own expectations and heavy suggestion. Think about their circumstances. The audience had come from all over the country. Some had traveled hundreds of miles to reach Fatima. 
nearly everyone had their lives touched in some way by the war. It's easy to understand that most of them didn't want their journeys to be for nothing. After standing for hours in the pouring rain, many were desperate for something, anything, to happen. They were told to expect a miracle by three children who said they were informed by angels. So when the sky started to look strange, of course it seemed miraculous. That was the only outcome the audience was prepared for and wanted. There was likely more weighing on the crowd's mind than just their expectations. The brain is wired to perceive specific, often meaningful patterns in random or ambiguous visual images. This is a psychological concept known as pareidolia. In recent years, the phenomenon has been used to explain a variety of strange religious experiences throughout the United States. In December 2010, for example, a woman in California made headlines when she reported seeing the Virgin Mary in the melted wax of one of her favorite candles. And she wasn't alone. That same year in Texas, another woman saw the face of the Holy Mother in the planks of her wooden fence. The vision was later credited with helping a local resident of the woman's town recover from a recent surgery. The stories kept coming. Around Christmas that year, a third woman claimed the Virgin Mary appeared in the window of her car. A family in New Mexico found Jesus' face inside a tortilla. None of the witnesses believed the sightings were coincidences. While it's impossible to entirely discount anyone's personal religious experience, the stories illustrate the potential power of pareidolia. Just like the people at Fatima, these witnesses were sure they'd received a sign from God. The visions were moving and powerful, and each believed they were chosen to receive these specific messages. The events made each witness feel special and imbued a sense of purpose. But whether they were genuine sightings or not is up for debate. Some people, including Catholic priests, have claimed these sightings were blessings from the heavens. Others argue there were simply cases of people seeing what they wanted to see. When humans are desperate for a sign, chances are we can find one. The miracle of the sun was possibly an example of what happens when a heavy suggestion is combined with pareidolia on an incredibly large scale. There were tens of thousands of devoted Catholics in the field that day. Many believed they were about to witness an historic event. So when the shepherd children urged them to look up at the sky, one hour after they promised, the crowd may have subconsciously chosen to witness a miracle. Especially if something unusual was coincidentally happening in the sky at the same time. But others suggest a natural phenomenon caused the sun to dance across the sky or emit multicolored light. Joe Nickel, who's been deemed a skeptical investigator on the internet, claimed that the crowd didn't witness a miracle. Instead, he argued the witness reports can be explained by a relatively common meteorological phenomenon known as a sundog. A sundog occurs when spots of light seem to spontaneously appear next to the sun. They often reflect different colors, making it seem as if the sky is filled with more light than usual. 
Despite the fact that sun dogs sound incredibly mysterious, there's actually a simple scientific explanation. To put it simply, on a cold day, some of the water inside clouds freezes and forms ice crystals. When the sun shines on these clouds and the temperature rises, the light is refracted through the crystals. This creates a prism that reflects the rays back into the sky, causing sun dogs to appear on either side of the sun. They can also reflect different colors of light depending on the time of day and the orientation of the sun in the sky. This matches perfectly with some of the witness accounts at Fatima. As we discussed, many of the people described beautiful colored lights dotting the heavens around the sun, just like sun dogs. Although sun dogs can happen any time of year and in any weather, they occur most frequently when the sun is lower on the horizon. This generally happens in January, April, August, and October, the month when the alleged miracle of the sun occurred. With that in mind, it's not hard to believe that the lights in the sky weren't caused by divine intervention. It might have been the perfect timing and temperature for sundogs to appear overhead. That could explain most of the accounts, though on its own, it doesn't account for all of the witness testimonies. Some in the audience reported that the sun zigzagged across the sky and even plummeted toward the Earth. Which is exactly why Professor Artur Virovsky in Poland has theorized that the miracle was more than just an average sundog. His research on the events at Fatima indicated that the ice crystals in the clouds above the field could have picked up an electrical charge that day. If they did, they may have produced more than just sparkling lights. It's even possible they gave the illusion of a moving image. This might be the reason why many people in the audience reported seeing the sun zigzag across the sky. With that said, Virovsky has acknowledged there is still more research needed to reach any definitive conclusion. For starters, it's unclear how the crystals would have been charged up enough to make the light move. If ice was responsible for the display, it's hard to say why these sun dances haven't been reported more frequently in other parts of the world. In other words, there is little precedent for such a complex illusion occurring naturally in the sky. But there's another problem with the research as well. Even with Professor Virovsky's theory, there are still eyewitness accounts that can't be adequately explained. Many spectators said later that they watched the sun plummet directly towards them. Then, at the last moment, the fall suddenly stopped and the sun retreated back to its usual position in the sky. To explain these reports, a Benedictine priest named Stanley Yaki formulated his own hypothesis. Once again, the explanation is more meteorological than supernatural. Yaki wrote in his book, A Mind's Matter, an Intellectual Autobiography, that the sun's apparent fall might have been caused by ice crystals in a layer of the atmosphere that acted like a lens. This atmospheric lens could refract sunlight into every color of the rainbow. His theory emphasized the rapid changes in temperature taking place up in the clouds. According to Yaki, the combination of the cold and warm air could have propelled the reflection of the sun in a boomerang-like motion. This would have made it appear to be moving in erratic ways. 
Once again, however, this would mean that the miracle of the sun was quite an extraordinary event. While sundogs are somewhat common, they don't often lead to this kind of optical illusion. Besides, it's unlikely that three young children in 1917 could accidentally predict such a rare meteorological phenomenon weeks ahead of time. However, unlike rare weather events, there's a common affliction that could be behind the whole affair. Bad eyesight. Coming up, we dive into possible medical afflictions behind the miracle. Now, back to the story. The miracle of the sun that occurred on October 13, 1917, has baffled investigators for more than 100 years. The Catholic Church claims it was a divine miracle, while others blame extraterrestrials or psychological trickery. Some believe it was simply an unusual meteorological event that happened to take place exactly when thousands of witnesses were desperate for a sign from God. If strange weather was the cause, then the miracle might have been a sundog. A conventional sundog could explain many of the witness testimonies, but it doesn't account for everything. Professor Auguste Meissen, who exhaustively cataloged the potential causes behind the events at Fatima, pointed out a more mundane possibility, vision problems resulting from sun exposure. To discover the true nature of the supposed miracle, Meissen put himself in the shoes of the crowd that day in 1917. He thought about the moment when the children called out, urging the audience to look up at the sky. 70,000 people had spent at least an hour in a dark storm and then gazed upward. Many insisted that they were able to stare directly at the sun with no issues. This struck Meeson as odd. Despite the witnesses' claims to the contrary, Meeson had a feeling that staring at the sun for a prolonged amount of time could potentially cause vision problems. He spoke to several ophthalmologists, or eye doctors, and they agreed. The overwhelming majority said that looking into the sun would cause damage to the retina of the eye, leading to visual impairment. The retina is the part inside the eye that senses light. If it was damaged, the perception of any light source, like the sun, would be impaired. Professor Meeson even went a step further to test his theory. He became a subject in his own experiment. At first, he experimented in a controlled environment indoors. He turned on a bright white light bulb to mimic sunshine and stared directly into it. After doing so for a couple of minutes, he noticed colored lights appear. He changed some other variables around in subsequent trials, but wasn't quite satisfied. He needed to get outdoors to properly investigate the sun's effect on the human eye. In November 2002, Mason did his first real experiment with the sun. He went outside in the late afternoon when it was relatively low and close to the horizon. He then stared into the sun and watched what happened. He was surprised to find that almost immediately, he spotted a gray disc taking the sun's place, just like the crowd had seen at Fatima in 1917. To protect his eyes from permanent damage, he didn't stare much longer. It all seemed clear in that moment. If the audience really forced themselves to look directly at the light, 
they could have unwittingly distorted their own vision. Neeson felt like he was on the right track, but there was still more work to do. The most obvious difference between Meeson's experiment and the miracle at Fatima was the timing. The crowd in 1917 stared at the sun around 1 p.m. when it was much higher in the sky. Meeson needed the environment to be as close as possible to the original event to be sure of his findings. With that in mind, he planned another experiment. In December 2002, he went outside again around 3 p.m., he was determined to let the test run its course, regardless of how dangerous it could be for his vision. He was going to stare at the sun as long as it took to understand the alleged miracle. This time, Professor Meeson managed to stare at the sun for a couple of minutes. It didn't take long for him to notice new, strange quirks in his vision. He wrote that after so much time, he saw the sun surrounded by a vast array of colors. It was beautiful and a little terrifying to watch. When he was finished, he felt certain that he'd seen something similar to what the crowd saw at Fatima. Even so, at that point in the experiment, he didn't notice the sun moving erratically. He still hadn't seen the sun zigzagging like many of those who witnessed the miracle. But he had a potential explanation for that too. In his findings, Meeson claimed the sun's dance could have been a spontaneous reaction to watching the sun for too long. In his opinion, the movement was simply an optical illusion, the result of willfully impairing one's vision. Out of all the potential natural explanations, Meeson's research appears to provide the most reasonable answers to the big questions broached by the miracle of the sun. There didn't have to be an extraordinary meteorological event coincidentally predicted by a trio of young children. It even reconciles the differing witness testimonies. The 70,000 people at Fatima stood in different positions in the field and undoubtedly watched the sun for varying amounts of time. Therefore, their vision could have been affected in a variety of ways. When combined with some of the potential psychological pressures we delved into earlier, we can start putting the pieces together. The audience was primed to view anything they saw that afternoon as potentially miraculous. For obvious reasons, most people don't make a habit of staring at the sun, and therefore the crowd wasn't likely to know what to expect. When they witnessed strange colors or flickering movement, they naturally associated it with the children's prediction. For many, it made their long pilgrimage worth it. They wanted to believe they were seeing history in the making. They were desperate for a sign from God and an end to the unprecedented war that was sweeping through Europe. However, as we noted last time, that wasn't exactly what they got. World War I didn't end until a year afterward, for reasons that had nothing to do with the miracle of the sun. At the very least, the fact that the most important part of the children's prophecy failed to come true should make the miracle suspicious to skeptics. On the other hand, it's impossible to know exactly what the witnesses at Fatima saw that day. No theory can cover every account for the simple reason that there were thousands of reports. Though there were intriguing similarities between many of the testimonies, there was no exact consensus. 
To this day, the Catholic Church recognizes Fatima as a religious site. The three children that led thousands of people to the Cova de Iria that day, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, are considered holy. All we can say for sure is that a natural explanation accounts for most of the evidence we can gather. There's nothing concrete to suggest an extraterrestrial invasion, and the continuation of World War I casts at least some doubts on the promises of the shepherd children. Even so, the faith those three kids displayed was nothing short of miraculous on its own. Despite being pressured to back down by the adults in their lives, the children managed to make thousands of people hope for something amazing that day. A century later, their actions continue to inspire and intrigue people around the world. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. For more information on the miracle of the sun at Fatima, amongst the many sources we used, we found Auguste Meissen's research at the Catholic University of Louvain extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Chelsea Gray and Terrell Wells, with writing assistance by Andrew Messer and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerline, and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Hi, listeners. It's Ashley Flowers, and here's a quick reminder to check out my new true crime limited series, International Infamy. Every Tuesday, I'm taking you across the globe to look at 15 of the most notorious crimes from 15 different countries. Some stories are sure to shock. Some may leave you stumped, but all are quite the trip. Follow my new series, International Infamy with Ashley Flowers. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.